podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system, DLS. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or calls.com for details. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Good evening, everybody. It's the Fatback 4. It's episode 14 on the weekend where Liverpool draw one all with Chelsea at Anfield. Um, joining me this week is Grizz, um, is Matt, and myself, Gab, your host. We're missing somebody, and the person we're missing is Ian. It was Ian's birthday at the weekend. Um, he, he, he believed that he was going to make it here tonight, but we, the three of us didn't believe it for a second. Um, his mates looked after him, brought him out, I think, on Friday. Um, on Saturday as well, and as a special treat, he was brought to an Alexandra Bourke uh, tribute act in Liverpool, which sound, but the sounds of it was brilliant. Um, he just sent me a message this morning saying that his voice was gone, but OMG, best gig I've ever been at. Um, <laughs> he sent me a voice note last night from the gig. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Alex Horn. Love you, Horn. Hey, Alex Horn. <laughs> I could just imagine him there. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently, um, apparently he spent the day looking up Alexandra Bourke's tour details to see when she's actually coming close, and he's gonna go and see the real thing. But look, on with it. Um, Liverpool won, Chelsea won. Um, I don't think I'm ever gonna get over that. Um, Matt, I'll come to you first. The lineup caused a lot of um, a lot of issues, a lot of meltdowns on Twitter as usual. Um, what did you think of it when you seen it, Camille? Uh, well, nothing we can do at the back, really. Um, it was a bit weird leaving Bobby and Manny up out up front. I didn't actually mind Studge being in, because we are rotating. We all moaned last year about how we all fucking fell apart in December, January, and we need to rotate. He's actually doing it now, so we can't really moan at him for doing it. But that that, that midfield's dire, mate. Uh, you look at that. I mean, I looked at that... I have no confidence whatsoever. Both of them, they're not mobile anymore. Uh, they're not good at defending. You can't have them two sitting in the two. Um, the only thing scarier than Hendo sitting in the two is fucking Millie sitting next to him. Um, and if I'm thinking that, you've got to get in the heads of what the opposition team and managers thinking and 
I just think it's their lucky day, really. Uh, I think I do think Chelsea set up thinking we would go with Mane and F1, our full team. So they weren't expecting it. And they overloaded the midfield. And it just just killed us. Absolutely killed us. Especially with Coutinho as well. I mean, you want him in every team. But he's, I don't know, he's going through a bit of a, a bad patch at the moment. And he? I don't know if he's down tools or... He, he does have these bad patches anyway. So I'm, I'm not... I'm not jumping on the bandwagon that he's down towards just yet. I think he'll come out of it because he does like to play footy. But with him in front of him, him and Ox in front of just Millie and Hendo sitting, it's uh, it's a recipe for disaster. And they showed it. They ran through us. Ran through every every five minutes. They were getting a run on our defence like, and that's the worst thing you can do against fucking Racken and Clavin. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Grizz, to me, it looked like, um, I think Matt's right. I think Chelsea set up for us come and go coming full strength at them, and they set up in that way. They literally had, for me, two attacking players in the pitch, which was Hazard and Morata. Um, we didn't go full strength, and it worked against us, even though Chelsea went very defensive in, in the way they looked. It did go against us in the end because they did pack midfield, didn't they? Yeah, I was just speaking to Matt off air, hence why he copied my um, thoughts yeah. again. But, what I was, what, what, but, but I actually think I actually think I'm going to say it how how I think. I actually think both managers kind of flopped. To be honest with you, um, you're spot on about Conte. That team was solely picked because Matt was saying, "Don't isn't it their normal setup?" But no, it's not. He always he always plays another forward. Whether it, uh, when I say a forward attack minded player, whether it be from a wing back area like a Moses, but obviously Moses is out. So he or he picks a, a Willian, a Pedro or Fabregas, at least one other. He had none of them. As you said, he had Morata and Hazard attacking, and then the rest were just like the Great Wall of China, weren't they? They were just they were just blocking us out everywhere. He 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 thought we we're gonna go full strength. I thought we we're gonna go full strength. Everyone I think assumed no one's no one expected uh, Bobby or Mane to be left out unless they were injured and then they weren't when we found out that they weren't injured then it was a shock to the system the midfield the the less said about it the better I think it's, it's going over you know same thing again and again and again how he how he thinks or how he thought a midfield of Moreno uh, what's his name back here Milner Milner close Fuck Milner sake. Milner, Hendo, and Phil, right? Probably our weakest in terms of strength, mobility, physicality, will handle probably one of the strongest midfields in Kante, Babayoko, physically, and drink water. Well, he probably didn't expect drink water. How he thought we're going to match up physically is beyond me, or even on a footballing level. I was astounded with the lineup. You know, I said to you guys, do you remember in the WhatsApp group? I said, uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a tricky one because I actually thought before the game, home game to Chelsea, if we go full strength, I'm looking at three points here. I was confident. I thought we were going to get a reaction from um, midweek. When we see the team lineups, I thought <clears throat> we, I'm happy with the draw. I'll take a draw here. And I really meant that. But the way the game panned out with the, with the last minute or the last five minutes, uh, that ch- fluky goal, whatever. It's disappointing, and then you suddenly think, oh, we should have won. So it was a mixture of emotions. But team-wise, nobody expected 
Klopp to choose this match to rotate. I hear what you said, Matt. He's rotating, and yeah, I'm fully on board about that, and I do agree with that. But I really thought it would either been Seville or Stoke that would have been the match that he would have made a few changes. I didn't expect him to go, you know, so so different in this game. Probably, you know, as our, one of our direct rivals, do you would not, have been disappointed. Do you not think uh, Sevilla is a more important game than this though? Because before before you answer that, before Sevilla, we a lot of people, uh, players played a lot of international minutes as well, and Manny was coming back from that injury. So, out of the two games, think, what would you play your no, strongest team against? No, I don't think that because I'll tell you why. Because the situation in the Champions League, in my opinion, would have been the same. It would have meant we needed to go to the home game needing a win against Spartak Moscow or CSK, which, which, whichever Moscow it is. But if, you but, already, no, if you're already through, then you can rest your team against Mos- Moscow. Maybe that was the plan. I, I, I'm, assume, I, I'm, I'm assuming that was the plan. But you, you still don't go four changes. And those four changes were major changes, weren't they? Well, apart from the keeper. They were major changes. They weren't sort of your players that are on the peripheral, you know? Sort of your Milners for someone. They were like Bobby. Um, you know, ex- I think everyone expected Bobby to start. Do you know what I mean? Mane, maybe you could have made a case for because Ox has been in fairly good form. Mane coming back off an injury. That one would have made sense. But the Mil- Milner one absolutely threw me. And how many times have the we Mil- discussed? You always pick Ginny at home. Re- whatever yeah, happens, the, Riz, you pick Ginny Riz, at home. I'll tell you what, when I when I looked at the team, right, um, mm. now Klopp, Klopp doesn't come out with this um, without criticism, and we'll get to that later. Mm. <clears throat> Not from me, anyway. But when I looked at that team, um, Mignolet goes in because that's just the way he's doing things. I, I think he's wrong. Um mm. Oh, I said it the other day. I just put Carries and Gold at the end of the season. And if he proves himself, he proves himself. If he doesn't, it's another player you need at the end of this season. Mignolet mm. is just... I'm, I'm sick talking about him. We're going to have to do it later on, but I'm sick, sick talking about him. Um, mm. As Matt said, the back fork, you can't really do what with. Lovren goes out. I think we're in illness. Whatever. Um, he mm. plays Clavin and he plays Matip. Um, Moreno stays in. I thought he might have come out um, you know, with all the you know, new child and all this sort of stuff. Mm. But the midfield for me, I think, I, I think he kind of gets landed with it. And the reason for that is Henderson is fit. Um, Jean, I don't think trained for two days after the Sevilla game. When yeah. Aldem looked out on his feet at the end of the Sevilla game, absolutely out on his feet. Um, and I think he has to put Milner in there. Where regards to Firmino, he's, he's, he's played nearly every minute for us. You know, it's, it's, a ridiculous amount of games he's played. It may have just been one game too far from. So I think he may have been landed with this team more than anything else. But the setup for me again, um, with the with with two. I was going to buy him. I was going to buy him because you banged the nail and said, "No, no, he's right." Because Gav, because Gav, I remember saying as soon as the teams got announced, I remember him saying in the WhatsApp, "I think we're going to go with two sitting." So if it, if if that. If Klopp was forced, you're kind of saying, and I agree, listening to you, I, I get what you're saying. Like, sort of, with Emre not training, um, with Ginny sort of looking at his feet. If he was going to pick Milner and Hendel, Gav, he should have gone with a different setup then. Because you cannot expect Hendel to be sort of, he, he went back to the old 4-3-3, didn't he? Sort of where... Where do, Hendo, do think, Milner and Phil in midfield. I think he, put, he pushed Phil up a lot higher. Phil was, was not... Unless Phil wasn't doing his job. But like, the point... He wasn't I, sitting I back. Think, he wasn't sitting back. But the point... Back, I, I, 
I think no. I think the reason Coutinho goes up a bit higher is because when you look at the three that are in midfield for Chelsea, Drinkwater, Kante and Bakayoko, they are three, let's be honest, that maybe Kante can do a bit, but they are three players that, that make your game really solid and that risk of putting Coutinho up, up against them, you probably think isn't too much of a risk because these lads aren't going to do too much, but Chelsea were quite cute in what they've done. They... They tried to just overpower us starting with Coutinho. I thought Coutinho was awful from start to finish. Um, and I thought he was the same in Seville. I think he just... He, he looks like a player that's caught between two stools. He doesn't know what, what way the system is going. And it seems to change week on week. And he doesn't know what part he has but, to play in it. But he gets a free um, role in most systems anyway. So it shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, but a free role, Matt, in that system, you still need to be the third man in the midfield, especially when they're oh, crowding yeah. it like that. It's you still need that. to be walking back. You know? Um, but look, we, we've... When you look at the team, um, a lot a, a lot of people just went absolutely berserk. Before a ball is kicked, let's be honest about it, you know, watch the game and then have a feeling on it. But Jesus Christ, Twitter is just unbelievable. You know, from, from that arrow before kickoff right up until thing, you, you'd swear that the club was, was you know, going to close down at half five or half seven or whatever time the game is over, the way people were going on. Um, look, I'll move on. Um, the first half, Matt, what did you make of it? Um it was a bit scrappy for me. It was a bit, I don't know, kind of cancelling each other out. And again, because of the lineups, what both managers expected to happen and it didn't happen, it seemed it seemed to nearly take that half, didn't it, for people to kind of find their feet and, and find out what they were doing. Yeah, mate. It was, uh, it was nervous from both sides, which is generally how the games against Chelsea go, to be fair with us. Um, but getting in a half-time at 0-0, it's a great opportunity. We saw the weaknesses in our t- team. We saw Hazard running through at the defence free, free as he wants. Uh, we saw all, all the parts we needed to change and that's when, even if Genie is, needed a bit of a rest. That's when you bring him on. Because Milner's not tracking Hazard. No one's tracking their midfield runners. So you bring someone else on. So to get there, nil-nil, I was, I was happy with. I mean, I don't care how we generally get results at the moment, especially against the big teams. If we can get in nil nil at half time against Chelsea, then I, I'm always confident that our attack will get us a goal at some point in the second half. Uh, so yeah, went to plan. He he wanted to set up a bit bit more solid, and that's exactly what we did. Um, so I think it went to Klopp's plan. A bit boring, a bit scrappy, as you said. Uh, but it's not the, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Do you know what I mean? So I, I wasn't too yeah. asked about that. Yeah, because I think like. We watch teams at Anfield this season, and, and like you say, they they'll sit back, they'll try to take as much pressure as they can, and they know in the back of their heads we'll get a chance. But Grizz, Chelsea are a different animal, aren't they? Um, they 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 can sit back, but they have the quality to hit it as well. And like Matt said, I think that nil all at halftime is no bad thing, um, especially looking at the bench we have. I, I was happy enough at halftime with a nil all. Were you? I wasn't. No. I wasn't happy no? at all. Okay. No, I was nervous as fuck. You were fuming. You know, yeah, no, I tell you, I, because, you, come on, guys, you know I'm not a negative person, even though you lower are telling me, oh, fuck off, you negative piece of shit. But I'm not <laughs> normally. No, I'm not. I, I, I expected us to win every home game normally, right? Because, yep. you know, we're Liverpool and Anfield and with our attack, you know, it's crowd roaring us on. But I actually was happy to come. Okay, I was happy to come in nil-nil. I, I was happy to come in nil-nil, but I was relieved. It was more relief, happy kind of thing. I wasn't happy with the performance. wasn't happy with the setup. There was no lack of effort, but you expect that, okay? 
there was no lack of effort. We we did. We really, you know, everyone was working hard. You could see Henderson, Moreno, all these guys actually putting in really, really good effort. But there was a severe, proper lack of quality. There was there was a lack of quality all over the pitch. Again, Studge, we've discussed this millions of times. If he's gonna play Studge, why fucking play him on his top up on his own top against three fucking balls of defenders? You know, I was having a laugh with, uh, I think, I can't remember who it was. I was saying, look, they were saying, oh, Studge. I said, I'll be happy if Studge gets more than 10, 15 touches, you know, in the game. Because that kind of game, that kind of setup is just not right for Studge. Ox tried hard, not much quality. Again, the owning shining light in that first half was, you know, our Egyptian Messi. I mean, you know, he was the only shining light for me in that first half. Gav, I was... Every t- and again and again, I think I think Conte flopped as well, because I'm I hate saying this, but I'm I firmly believe if Conte played another attacker, they I I I, I saw them winning that game. Yeah, I think I think if Conte goes with Fabregas instead but of say, I see Greg them winning say, that game. I see them yeah, winning th- because you got to remember the how the way many it's times. Out, yeah, I'd agree. Because on the 45 minutes, what we tried to do, totally opposite of Seville, what we tried to do, we tried to play up because and we usually play like this at home we we pushed up at 20 yards we played a lot of them on the offside if you notice Morata and Hazard were were caught offside quite a bit because we pushed up Fabregas gets on that ball luckily they didn't have anyone with any vision in midfield to put them through but as soon as Fabregas did you notice as soon as Fabregas came on they were slicing through with those with those passes through to us I think Conte missed a massive trick he didn't expect us to pick that team. If he knew beforehand, you know, that that's the lineup they're going to pick. He would have picked an extra striker. And I said, we were not, you know, we were getting over overridden midfield. Hazard is a joy, you know. I know, oh. you know, we're talking, talking, he's a joy to watch. The guy who was in the commentary that said, it's not the problem. Uh, uh, there's two problems with Hazard. Is once trying to stop the ball from getting to him. That's a problem because he moves around really cleverly and second when he gets the ball that's when it becomes even more difficult because one-on-one he's just fantastic he is he really is elite when it comes to sort of drifting past players with ease i think he's actually if not quick or as quick as Saleh with the ball you know he's absolutely electric and we saw that you know he beat i mean you know henderson beating henderson's no you know not not very difficult these days but the way he just drifted past on midfield it was quite embarrassing, you know, watching Clavan and Hendo and Milner trying to sort of chase shadows. And that's where I think... And then I was, I was thinking in my head, what could we do? What could we... And I was thinking, who could we have got to stop him? And that's right. The only person I could think of is Ginny, probably, to go toe-to-toe with him, put Ginny on him and put him out of the game because that was the only threat. But he was such a threat. Every time I got the ball, I shit myself. I thought, nil-nil, half-time, Klopp's got to change this. That was my thinking going into half-time. Yeah, I, I think have, it, I everyone thought it, didn't they? Everyone on Twitter was saying it. Like, it was so glaringly obvious. I mean, it, it was just a massive gap between midfield and defence. It wasn't so much that no one was picking him up. No one was in the area to pick him up. You know what I mean? Everyone was just looking forward, looking to run out and press that, uh, like, drink water or Kante or one of them. They just didn't pick. Hazard was sitting perfectly where Coutinho should be sitting. Just that little gap in between. And once he's got it in front of like, Clavan or anything, we're just shitting our pants, aren't we? Especially... Uh, even, if, even if we were covering the areas, Matt, because there was times where 
we were kind of covering that area. I just don't think anyone was physically good enough, strong enough, quick enough, fast enough to actually stop him. Mm. I mean, Milner Henderson sort of fronted him out a couple of times. He just kept breezing past them. It was honestly, it was like boys against men it was at times with him at times. It's, one, know, of, it's I, one of Genie's biggest attributes that goes unnoticed, I think, his defensive positioning. Whereas a lot of our players, especially the players that played at the weekend... And his strength, and his strength. Matt, oh, yeah, well, yeah, he's strong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He can put a tackle in. But a lot of our players that played on the weekend are very uh, reactionary when it comes to defending. Whereas the see ball, chase ball, that type of defending, if you know what I mean. And they'll run all day and do that all day. But against the Hazard player, that's, that's not good enough. T- Genie t- is very proud. Shall I tell you, shall... Wait, shall I tell you what I could have... At one, at one thing, no, no. <laughs> at, one, at one stage, I was thinking Moreno. I forgot. I forgot. Go, I was on a pod here for a minute. Come on. I was thinking Moreno could have gone toe to toe with him, kept up with him pace wise, little niggly t- tackles. You know, I thought put Moreno on him at one stage. Yeah, but again, still, he's, he's still very Moreno. A lot of people say it. He's not defensively that clever. Again, he's he's see someone gets past him and he chase him down. He's great at that. You don't want that. You need someone knowing where he's going to be or, or predicting where he's going to be and sitting in the space five yards in front of him, which I think Genie's very good at. He's proactive in his defence. It's what Mascherano used to do a lot. It's what the, the, the good uh, deep-lying uh, midfielders do. We don't have anyone in that two. I, I'm, not, I'm not including Coutinho in that two because he wasn't in it. But we none of Hendo or Milner does that. They'll run all day and they'll run after him all day. But that, that wasn't enough and we saw that in the first half. It wasn't enough. That's why it needed changing. Genie does that, well, I think. The, when half-time comes, lads, I'm thinking, and again, going on this kind of uh, tangent that we're on, I think both managers, although trying to double or guess each other at the start, again, tried to do it at half-time without being in any way positive about it. Um, for me, if Chelsea decide, OK, look, the three in our midfield is, is handling everything fine, Hazard is finding them gaps. And again, they're just... They're doing this where they put a player in around Henderson and they, they pop it to him and he plays around him. And it's it's one of the most simplest ta- tactics any opposition can do against Liverpool at this time. For me, I see it all the time and it really frustrates me. For me, though, if he if he takes Fabregas and he puts Fabregas in for, for I can say, back Yoko, he gets another person in there to occupy, whether it be Milner or Henderson. And I think they could go on and win the game. For Klopp, um, yeah, he does need more in midfield. But he needs... Coutinho for me wasn't doing enough and Sturridge wasn't doing enough so it was right through the middle of the team we, we weren't holding the ball enough he could have went a bit more positive a bit earlier but but they don't look Chelsea are probably looking at it thinking we can still hold out here and grab ourselves a goal but I think it's 64 minutes comes and Salah turns up again and, and scores again and Grizz I come to you first um, is this fella ever going to stop scoring goals? He'll have a dip but it won't last long because, you know, as we've discussed many times, he's that clever. He's that, his off-the-ball movement is absolute top, top, top-notch. His finishing, we all know, can be improved, which is scary. Which is absolutely scary, because if his finishing improves, we're talking Cristiano Ronaldo levels when he was at United, when he scored, what, 47, Matt, or something like that, wasn't it? 47 goals in a season or something like that. Crazy levels. Matt's still drunk, you man. Can't. No, you know what? No, no. You fucking asking me for your test. Because you're the man with a laptop. You're on Michael Edwards. You're sitting in a lap. You're sitting in front of a laptop. You're I'm the saying, one who's doing all the. 
You want me to Google I know, it? What I, you're know talking? What, I know what you do. I know what you do because you don't know fuck all about anything else. What you do, as, <laughs> as, me, and Gav, as, me, and, as me and Gav chat, you Google away. So I know you find out these things. So that's why I said 47 goals. I think Cristiano Ronaldo scored something like that in the season. But we're looking at Salah. Look, Salah's looking at that kind of level of goals. Again, just his movement in off the ball. I think a lot of people have noticed or didn't notice Ox's really vital little touch. Because Phil plays the one-two, doesn't he? And sort of Baba Yoko gets a foot to it. But then Ox sort of puts it directly, just guides it, sort of gets a toe into it. And it just falls right into Salah's path. And um, very unusual for him. Finishes it absolutely calmly on his right foot. I think that even that sort of startles Courtois. He didn't expect him to just tuck it away slowly on his... You know, on your, usually when it, when it comes on your swinger... You actually try to just sort of take a lash at it, don't you? But yeah, he you... was very calm. He very calmly just slotted it. And I was just over the moon. I thought, come on, fucking Liverpool. Show some metal here and see this out because this is crucial, crucial three points. Because Matt's right. Sometimes you don't give a shit how you get these wins against the top six. How many times have we seen when big teams play each other? It's small margins. There's always there's there's not many chances in a game. It's like sort of a scrappy goal here and there. You know, it was a kind of scrappy goal because it was like sort of off Babi Yoko intercepts it, falls on twist path. I thought, hold on to this win, hold on to this win. I was really really eager to see how we're going to hold on to this win or how we're going to set up afterwards as soon as we've scored. The thing about the thing that really popped out of me up for it was yeah, Oxley Chamberlain gets a nice touch in it, and it's a, it's a decent bit of football. But you're right, um, he takes her on his right foot, and I think Courtois thinks straight away he's having a lash at this and it's going across me rather than yeah. that, you know, down to his left-hand side. But it's a really, really cool finish. Matt, um, almost immediately after the goal, um, I think Sturridge just taken off. And when Naldon comes on then, um, and it was a strange one for me because strange, with, a game, with, with a game that stretched you know, up to that Salah goal, the way it was playing out, um, you're probably right. I probably needed the Wijnaldum in there to, to be physical and match runs and stuff like that but with Liverpool's intention and it was a clear intention to Alden was the man that was needed I think we could have filled enough spaces with the players that were there I think he should have went for, for a Mane or a Firmino you know to do them on the break because they are going to push on and you're going to see the likes of William Fabregas and whoever else comes on Were you? did you like the Genie and Alden change or would you have went something different and, and decided if we're dropping we'd hit them on the break well, first of all, it was 42 goals, Grizzo. I got it, got it on my laptop Close. for you. Uh, the change bringing Genie on, it's not actually... I didn't think it was the worst change. Um, it was just who we brought him on for, do you know what I mean? Bringing Studge on. Um, it should have been Milner, in my eyes. Still, bringing him on was still the right thing to do. As long as you move people, uh, the players around like you like he should so which he did pushing him back obviously Salah went more central up front Coutinho pushed forward a little bit and we had the three sitting there which we needed to sit there so I don't actually think it was too bad a change it was the changes after that which were the worry there should have been Manny on sooner because they were pushing us back so if we have them two absolutely rapid bastards sitting there waiting for the break then they are going to be thinking a bit more defensive when they come forward because we didn't, we just had Salah. They could put two on him or the, the three at the back, which they have, um, and and just sit there and attack at will. Which was that was the main issue. It wasn't that Genie came on; it was the 
lack of players after Genie that didn't come on, which I think was the main issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, Salah or Mane and, and Lalana come on on the 88 or 89 minute, which I thought was fucking madness, you know, especially after the goal being conceded. All right, he's putting them on to try to get a goal back, but he, you know, or get a winner. But he, he could have done this on, he could have done this on 75. You know, he could have put it, put them on there and said, right, we are going to sit deep, but Lalana is intelligent. He holds on to it. Mane is quick. Salah's on the pitch. You know, it would have it would have served us better, but look, we have to get to it, and it's the equaliser. Um, Matt, I'll stay with you. Two things: um, the defending for it, and the giving away the ball, and Mignolet's part in it. I just want your thoughts on, on them, just them two things about it. Yeah, to be fair on the defending, um, he could have got closer to to close him down, uh, but you don't think you think he's going for the cross there, so. Whatever he's doing, you, you can't really block that from the position. You don't think he's going, the ball's going to go in. So he, he's covering half of the goal. The, only, the problem is, for me, Mignolet is out of the six-yard box. He's too far over left and he's too far out. So he's covering the goal himself of the bit of the goal which was being covered by the defender anyway. So he should be further in, expecting a cross to come for it. But he's not. He's expecting a shot for some reason. He's outside the box, isn't he? And he's got a defender in front of him, so I don't know why he is where he is. Now, I've had a look at it a few times. I don't know if I can blame Mignolet for the goal because it's, it's tough to know. He, he's kind of long. He's like on the front foot. He's not expecting it to go in. It's a massive fluke from Willian. But where he is, he's not going to stop a header either if it does get crossed. But what I do know is, if the keeper could have got to it, our keeper would not have got to it. Mini, if there was if there's a chance of that being saved, Minulay would not have saved it. It's going in anyway. That, that's all I that's all I think on the situation. Um, Grizz, what do you make of it? It's again, it's 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 a difficult one. My initial reaction was uh, poor keeping. Uh, got told off by loads of people on Twitter for having that opinion. But after looking at it and analysing it again, even though um, you know, I don't think none of us are expert goalkeepers, but speaking to a couple of mates who are sort of goalkeeping coaches, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's two. It's, 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 you was one of them. It's two. There's two. Um, He's not your friend. Again, it's, 50, it's, it's actually 50-50. You know that. It's, it's very difficult. A lot of some people are saying, and, and I've done a, a little poll. And we're up to about 2,000 votes. And guess what the percentage is for, for either it's his error or not. It's 49% say no and 51% say yes, it was his fault. So it's literally, it is literally people who are undecided whether it's his fault. Look, we, we, we spoke, I spoke to Phil as well, um, you know, from the Trippers, who, who, who claims to be a goalkeeping coach or goalkeeping expert as well. And he agrees and he often tells us about Mignolet's positioning off his line. As Matt says, he doesn't doesn't read the situation very well. Sorry, situations very well. You know, how many times have we criticised when sort of he needs to come off his line quicker and he doesn't come off his line quicker? He doesn't anticipate. He doesn't have the anticipation of a carrier's. He may have other attributes, i.e. shot-stopping, 
that are better than Karius. But sort of Karius is like a cat, isn't he? You're sort of and, and, and you expect most of the modern keepers, modern day keepers, have this level of anticipation about them, which R1 unfortunately lacks. And again, as Matt says, for some reason, as Williams going on the outside, he's for some reason is expecting a shot rather than we all, I think, watching the game knew that this is getting chipped to the back post. And that was his intention. Fuck what William says. He's not no Ronaldinho. Did he, he, no. did he claim it? Yeah, yeah, he tried to claim it. Fuck. He tried no, to claim he, it afterwards. There's, no, yeah, there's yeah. no way he means There's no way he means it, right? And no, nah, no, nah, there's no way he means it. Yeah. <laughs> the but, the but, thing but, is, um, go, on. go on, Grizz, I'll let you finish. Go on. No, but I was saying, I was saying, Gav, from our, where we were sitting, from everyone watching that game, we know that's getting chipped to the back post, right? And again, in my opinion, Mignolet's too close to his line. He needs to be. He was Matt. Honestly, there's some shots going six round. Yard, six yard no, box, wasn't he? check it. No, he's not. He's just, he's not, just Matt. inside the six he's yard box. He's just inside he? the six yard box again. Ah. And a lot of people are saying, "Are oh, the, the how goalkeepers are taught in this day and age to go for that type of ball is with sort of so it's going over your right shoulder. It's you're asked to sort of go with your left hand because apparently it cuts out the angle or something." I mean, because I, I said I was, I'm a bit of an old school. I thought if you go with your right hand in that situation, you kind of, it's more extended, isn't it? You get more chance of tipping it over. So I thought he went with his wrong hand. I definitely think he could have moved his, shifted his feet quicker, which was my biggest, biggest grab about him. So his starting position, in my opinion, and according to a couple of goalkeeping coaches I spoke to, said his starting position is poor. When they, I, they, when I they're it. undecided. They're undecided whether he goes with the right hand or the or, or the left hand. You know, they say different keepers are more comfortable. You know, wherever the keeper's comfortable, they go with that hand. But I definitely think the third the third uh, aspect of it, he could have definitely moved his feet quicker. I, I've just had a look. Yeah, you're right. He's further back than I thought. I, I, I was drunk when I watched it. Um, Again, yeah. <laughs> but well, well, I meant to be. Well, we all meant to gasp and fucking. You know, yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I still think his position is bad anyway, so fuck him. That's when you see, Grace, you're talking about um Gomer's right hand, Gomer's left hand. That's all down that that's all comes apparent because of the original problem. And which is the position. And I'm no goalkeeping coach, but when I watched when I watched it in real time and the ball went in the net, I thought, Do you know what, you jammy fuck. You've you've gone for a cross, you've 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 probably mishit it, it's looped in, right? <coughs> Excuse me. But I go back and watch it again. And as he's moving across diagonally with the ball, Mignolet is, for me, he's too close to his near post. Okay? And I think he's probably one step too far out. But the biggest thing for me is watch his, watch his feet. I don't think, if William manages to pull out across along the six-yard box there, I don't think Mignolet makes it. I think he's too flat-footed. I think if he shoots at the near post, I think Mignolet makes it. But I think if he's maybe a step to his right-hand side. I still think he covers that shot. <coughs> yeah. Great. Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Um, he still makes that shot. If, he, if he's a step to his right, he still makes that shot, which I don't think is nearly possible the, way, the angle he's at to, to take that shot. But for me then, when the ball is looped, is, is you're right, I think it's, it's, the way he moves his feet is atrocious. I think if he takes one step back before he makes that dive, I think he comfortably tip, tips it over the bar. 
I think if he moves his feet really quickly, maybe one and a half, two steps, he's nearly catching it. That's being honest with you. And he, he's flat-footed. And I don't well, think that's positioning again. That. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. It is. It, it, and you it, see, it, it, I'm not really mad about talking about him because I don't like him. I don't like him. I don't trust him. I think he's bang average. And I think it's being shown to be bang average. And for me, when I watched that goal back, I just thought, Jesus, if you're, if you're one step to your right and you're on your toes because he looked really flat, I think he covers across, but again, one, two steps back really quickly, and he either touches that over or, or close to catching it. If and that, that's if, what done me. If that's the hair, um, Grizz's uh, pal is nowhere near that close. It's because it's Mignolet, everyone thinks, fucker, he's shite. We've seen this over and over again. It's it's everything you're saying, Gav. You, you hate the fucker, and I know it, because you, you say every week you're fed up about talking about him. If that's the hair or anyone or, or Courtois or someone else, they all say, "Ah, oh, it's a lucky goal. He couldn't have got to it." Cause it's him. Everyone's doubting. Ah, could he? What's he doing here? And you you end up overanalyzing. And that's yeah, but Matt, what I'm saying Matt, is, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me just let me just say this before yeah, before yeah, you go on. Fight, fight your corner. Fight what, your corner. What what, no, what I'm saying is, Matt, if William loops that ball and De Gea or Courtois or any of these top goalkeepers in goal, right, and they move their feet one, two, three steps. And they go full stretch and it goes into the top corner. You go, do you know what? It's it's gone right in the fucking top corner and he's moved his feet really quickly and you know he's got really close to it. Mignolet is standing with his hands out in front of him and he's nearly planted to the ground when that ball is hit. Right? So to to get any kind of movement to his right hand side and backwards at the same time is nigh on impossible. And that's the problem. Forget the dive, forget how close he gets to it. If he is a if he's a foot to his right hand side and he moves that his feet fifty percent or thirty percent quicker. He, he 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 claims that ball, in my opinion. Trust the Irishman to want fucking Michael Flatley in goal, like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, no, but I, Matt, no, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, gonna I'm, be not, neutral. I'm, I'm not disagreeing here. I absolutely agree with you, and I think the same thing as you because it's Menulay. I'm looking at why it's his fault. I'm not. I'm not looking why it's a jammy fucking goal, and that's. Mm. Because we're still playing fucking Mignolet in goal. That's why we're still talking about it. That's what I'm saying. If it was anyone else, we probably wouldn't be having this look, conversation. Look, one, one, one of the if things... If it was anyone else, if it was anyone else, Matt, if it was anyone else, Matt, that, that game ends 1-0. That's no, 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 Gav, let's, that's a bit harsh, all right? I, no, I, it's I, not, Grizz. No, I'll it's not, Grizz. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you mm. why, Grizz, because mm. we're standing here, right, and we're questioning his positioning. No, no, I was going to say... From his line. Oh, we're, position, we're, positioning, we're, we're questioning his positioning from his line. We're questioning mm. his positioning to his near post. We're, mm. we're, we're um, questioning how ready he is for A, a loop ball, or B, a cross. Okay? So if, if his argument is, I was expecting a cross, he's not getting to that cross, Chris. But, uh, no, what Matt... I think what Matt's saying... Well, I think what Matt's saying... You don't know Matt's probably going to say, shut up. No, but... If it's any other keeper, all right, we're not analysing it as much. Yeah. But I, I, but I refute that as well, Matt. I'm gonna be in the middle. What I will say is, if it's any other top four or five keepers, or or teams keeper, then we are not discussing it because it's not a goal. The hell so says with, that? So, yeah. Eleven so, times out of ten. Right. So, so the point is, the point is because people are saying, look, every time there's a goal scored, it doesn't mean. There's a scapegoat. We don't have to make a scapegoat of every goal conceded. Like we tend to do on Twitter, like a lot of people tend to do. So we're not, I'm trying not to 
make a scapegoat of Lovren. Uh, Lovren, look at that. <laughs> Just on tip of our tongue, isn't it? Um, not, I'm trying not to make a scapegoat of uh, Mignolet, but look, if that happens against any of the top keepers, you have to analyse it. Because how often do you score goals like that? Very, very rarely do you see a goal looped in. You see it from the other angle where sort of it's whipped in and the defenders are going for it. Do you know when that's like whipped in, in, in swinging and the, the keeper doesn't know whether to come to go for it? They're expecting a defender to sort of header it away. But this type of goal where it's just drifting, and you've got to remember, he didn't really drill it across. He kind of just looped it across, Matt. And in my opinion, the keeper has sufficient time. A, again, as Gav says, he's, off his, he's in the wrong position at the start. He's too close to his goal line. He needs to be more active. He needs to anticipate things quicker. And I think in this, and, and the second part of it is he needs to move his feet quicker to sort of he has enough time for it to, to see the trajectory judge it and tip it over. Because you've got to remember, he's a big lad, Simeon Emilian. He's not, he's not a small keeper. I mean, Loris, quick on his feet, saves it. De Gea definitely saves it. Courtois definitely saves it. You know, that's the way you've got to look at it. Even Peter Cech, you know, the top, the top four or five keepers save that. And that's the standard we've got to look, look at. I don't disagree, mate. I'm just saying, mm. if they're in goal and it goes in, we, this conversation isn't really happening. It's just, yeah. uh, it's a fluke. That's my issue because mm. we've got a massive content goal. That's the reason. Yeah, but we're not, Matt, we're only calling it a fluke because it went in. And this is the point I'm trying to make. If he's just, just, you've said you've gone back and watch it. Just watch his feet as William is probably, before William even kicks it, watch his feet. He's setting himself for either a shot at the near post or oh, yeah. an under hit cross Absolutely. towards That's the middle, saying. which, which he, 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 he wants that cross straight at him or he wants that shot to his left-hand side that he's covering himself for. Other goalkeepers, in my opinion, are a foot to the right because they'll still get across to their left-hand side. And because of I that think Carrier saves that. I think Carrier saves that, definitely. I'll tell you what, because well, Carrier will be more positive of his line and he's definitely quicker off his feet, uh, uh, with his feet. I think Carrier tips that over, even though he's shorter than Mignolet, isn't he? Only just like. Oh, is it? Yeah. I'm stood right, next to both. He's, 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 he's yeah, not I just, too far. I just, like. I just look. I, I'm, I'm, I'm bashing the fella, and I try not bash the fella. But for me, it's, it's not completely his fault. But he has his part to play in it, and it's his, it's his presumption that he's going to go to his near post or he's going to get this cross, which I don't think he's getting to. I, I think if that ball goes across the six-yard box, and Morata or whoever's in the middle, I can't even remember even who's in the middle. Whoever's in there, I don't think Mignolet gets to that. I think he's too flat-footed. And I think it's flashed past him before I even get there. He's too close to his near post. But look, we leave it. At, leave it. We'll bash him again next week, um, or somebody else. I, I promise. I'll, I'll try not to. Um, lads, we've made it, the, the subs come on very late, and a few bits was made about Mane. And after the game, he was upset. Klopp has come out and said it was more a positional thing than the timing of it. Um, and we've touched on it as well about bringing them on earlier. But Matt, just a final word on the substitutions. It was kind of. You know, a bit of desperation, wasn't it? Um, and he had to put them on because Chelsea scored rather than being a bit proactive maybe 10 minutes earlier to shut out the game or go on and win a probably two or three. Yeah, it was fucking pointless. Um, I said it before. 89 minutes, absolutely pointless. I know the goal didn't go into about 84, 85. So he's just, he's reacting to that. But you could see it coming. That was the thing. We were unlucky to look. We were unlucky to draw it. We were. At the end of the day, you look at it. We were unlucky because it was a fucking fluke. But 
you could see something was coming. Whether it was a, a good goal or a fluke goal, you could see something that was coming. Everyone could see it. And I, I don't really like questioning Klopp. Not not just because I love him, but he knows fucking a, a lot more than I do. So it's all in hindsight here uh, at the end of the day. That's all we can do it on. But you've got to... <laughs> everyone on Twitter was saying we need to get someone on because the same as the first half they were just running through us absolutely running through us I mean I, I thought Clavin actually did alright considering because you got Hazard running at your game and you, he's not the most mobile is he I thought he'd done, done alright but we needed uh, something more in that midfield or something more in attack as I said before to get Chelsea thinking oh we can't go Gunko here because they've got fucking Salah and Mane sit, sitting on the uh, the outside of our defenders like so we needed something, anything, because it was just getting, it was getting worse and worse. As, as I said, we, we all knew what was coming. Like it, it, it was annoying. It was really annoying the way it happened so late. Um, Mane and Lallana for me are the changes to be made. Um, but it's just the timing of them. It's a bit off. Oh, fuck, we've conceded. I'll throw them on for the last five minutes and, you know, hope for the best. Because Lallana comes on already. He's been out for a long while. But the one thing Lallana will do is, he will keep the ball for you. He'll, he'll keep it, he'll move it, he'll, he'll chase players, he'll hurry them, he'll, he'll do all that. And Mane is there. You know what Mane is going to do. If you can get him up the pitch somewhere close to Salah and you can get get a ball to either of them, they have the pace and, and the power and, and, and the intelligence to, to play through. But, Grizz, do you think it was just a bit of an act of desperation or, again, the Klopp kind of... He was a bit too... Not negative, but he was a bit, you know, hesitant to to do this after 75 or even 80 minutes you just thought we can we can see this out I just hope to God we can see it out and that was his plan yeah look I'm I'm, I'm like Matt in terms of I hate criticising Klopp I hate criticising a manager who's you know won things at the highest level the man knows you know millions more times than us what we know about football but the thing is right in my opinion and, and and at the end of the day, look, people say you can't criticize or you can, or you should be able to criticize. It is what it is. You, after after a match, I don't like sort of preempting people's thoughts, whatever. But after the match, we're allowed to give an opinion on you know what we've seen. And he claimed Klopp afterwards in the press, or I think when he was asked that he wanted to sort of go with five at the back when he wanted to make those changes. He said, "My plan was our plan was to go five at the back." Now for me. Hate as much as you want, but a Conte, a Mourinho, sees that game out. He sees that game out in terms of when we scored that goal, our attack is still not fluid. It wasn't fluid. But what he could have done was, when did we score, what, 20 minutes to go or something? 25 minutes to go or something? 65 minutes or was, yeah. So, so 25 minutes to go, you shut the fucking shop. That's you good last for you, mate. It's, I worked it out quick, boy. Did you have Anyways, a down on a piece listen, of paper, yeah? He's a fucking abacus beside him. He's been building up to this all fucking part, hasn't he? 65, 25, 90 minutes, bang on, mate. But listen, for me, and it's, again, hindsight, we lock up shop. You see, you judge your opponents, you look at the opponents. Look, there's times to use your attack as a form of defence, right? There's not only a time, there's place, and you look at the opposition that you're playing against, to use your attack as a weapon. What Conte done as soon as he scored 
Conte brought brought on the artillery, didn't he? He brought on all the forwards, whatever. We were still playing Milner and we still had Milner, Phil and um, uh, Hendo in, in midfield. I, co- I could not believe, I could not believe what I was seeing. He brought on Ginny, but again, I disagree. I think it was the wrong time. I don't think he should have brought off. Uh, yeah, sorry, Sturridge was the right man to come off, but I don't think that was the right move to bring on Salah through the middle. He should have, brought, you know, he should have made a triple situation, a double substitution, not a single substitution. I, I would have gone like for like with them. They were getting plenty of uh, that Alonso chap on the left was getting plenty of the ball. What Conte done was take off his um, um, right wing back and brought on Pedro to play there. You know, me personally, I would have gone three at the back, tucked in Gomez. You know, it's hindsight, but I think he should have been far more. And I wanted to see this side to him, but he kind of just persisted with sort of bringing in Ginny. But by then, Milner and Hendo were, honest to God, were just walking through quicksand, weren't they? They were just, and it was the same. We, we, we were in position. I do actually think we were in positions, but we just couldn't stop them. They were just too quick. You could see it. We were just dropping deeper and deeper and deeper. Op- op- opposite to the first half. I thought we were going to learn from Seville. We, we pushed up in the first half. We caught them offside so many times. But it's, I mean, everyone talks about it's a natural instinct to sort of drop. When you're defending a goal, you just naturally go into sort of defensive position, drop deeper. But this is where Klopp, and I wanted, and I, a lot of people are sort of getting on his back. And I think some people have a right to get on his back to be more proactive in these situations. You know, if you're going to harass someone from the top, uh, who's the best person to bring on? Bobby. If Bobby's on the subs bench, that means he's 90% fit. He must be 80% fit to be in the subs bench. So bring him on, press from the front. Because he brought Salah, he, he brought on Salah, didn't he, through the middle? And that was the argument, debate. Mane wanted to play through the middle, but Salah was, you know, there was some debate about Salah and Mane, about their roles, and that was what the argument was about. But I think his substitutions were 15 minutes too late, 15, 20 minutes too late. I think we should have gone like for like and really, really sort of closed up shop, used the Anfield crowd in a defensive situation. Do you know what I mean? Like sort of... Backs to the wall stuff. It was a chance to show it. I think it was yeah, nothing. I think there were nothing substitutions. To be honest with you, I don't yeah, think he, he changed the shape. They were just sort of reactionary. Just it might as well make some substitutions. There were, there, yeah. there, there was no tactical thinking behind them, in my opinion. There's a there's a panic. There's a panic there, in my opinion. And and you are allowed to criticize Klopp. Um, you can criticize anyone you want. That's your opinion. Um, but people don't like criticizing Klopp or don't like criticizing certain players. Listen, you you said their natural instinct is to is to drop back. He, he was clearly dropping back when he when he changed Wijnaldum for Sturridge, but you have to remember if you put Lallana and Mane on the pitch, Chelsea's natural reaction is to say, well, Lallana's going to hold the ball for them, and this guy is his lightning. Yeah, but so again, we, we, again we're not, but this is what I'm saying. This what, what I'm saying to you is these two players push Chelsea ten yards back, right? Regardless of how the game's going and what Chelsea brought back on, Chelsea will will step off ten yards because they don't want Mane Salah. Even Oxley Chamberlain with his pace getting at us, getting at them. And if we make that change on seventy five, we aren't we aren't we aren't inviting them on as much, do you know that kind of way? But look, I want to touch on one player and it's something that's come up over the last couple of podcasts and I don't know how you feel about him. Um but I just and you I probably do, but I want to get an update anyway. It's Jordan Henderson and Again, I watched him during the week, and again, I watched him yesterday. And for me, I can't see a future in the Liverpool team on the Jurgen Club for Jordan Henderson. 
I really can't. And I think I think his days might be numbered. Um, Matt, do you agree? Or do you think, no, you're way off the mark? I think you're way off. Um, and the reason mainly is not because what he's what he is like on the field. I don't think there's many voices in the dressing room that can take over from him. We don't have anyone in that team. Maybe Lalana, he's a big voice, but there's no there's no one in that team that will speak up. I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of Hendo where he's playing. I I like Hendo, but I like him further forward, thirteen uh, fourteen type season. People saying he can't play there now because the ankle injury, but we don't know. Everyone's guessing. Everyone's guessing because he's getting played at that deep midfield role. Um, I I think I, if his future wants to be there, I want him replaced. But I still see him as a, a great sub. you got Jordan Henson on the bench. That's a great sub to have. Do you know what I mean? We need a strong bench. You look at it, who he, he might not want to sit on the bench, but who's going to buy him? He's the type of player. He's not going to be bought by Chelsea, a City, Bayern Munich, Real, or anything like that, is he? He's the type of player that West Ham, Newcastle would go for. He, he I, I would say, I'd have him on the bench. Uh, but I think because he is a bit of a leader off the pitch and he's a great professional and he's all this type of stuff, in Klopp's eyes, I think he's got a bit of love for him. And that's why I don't think he'll be booted out anytime soon. Um. That just sounds to me like Lucas Mark too, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. He's great off the pitch. He's a great lad. I'm surprised, Matt. I'm surprised, though, Matt. And the thing is... No, no. I don't Go agree on. with it. I don't, I'm not saying it's the right thing. If it was my team, I mean, people know, I would have Emery Chan in that position all day long above him um, and have him fighting with Lalana and Ox and Chamberlain and Genie uh, for the further forward position. Even Coutinho, he's on the form he's on now. Um I, I, I've been vocal on that. I'm not saying this is what I would do. This is what you asked me. What do I think he'll be gone? No, I don't. I think Klopp likes him because of the Lucas reasons. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. the The only thing the only thing I will say is, um, and I think I say his days are numbered at the club. And the reason I say it is because Klopp needs him to be a certain type of player for him because of what's behind them. Um, i.e. Lovren, Matip or Clavin or whoever it is um, and he can't, he can't be that player at the moment and I think if Liverpool were to sort out their centre-half problems um, it may work but you're looking to, you're looking to sort out centre-halves and, and, and defenders in order to make Henderson look a better player and I just think just watching him he's played around so many times by teams and it's, it's starting to really frustrate me Grizz um, I could be way off the mark. He could, he could be, you know, starting eleven next season and captain and untouchable. But I just think for what we need in the team, I just don't know if he offers it. I really don't. See, I, I'm, I'm. See, I, I was when he started playing this new role. When he was given this new role, it was last season, wasn't it? Start of last season, and it was, and it came a kind of a surprise to everyone, didn't it? That oh, Hendo's playing this six role because it was totally alien to him. And if we remember, we started off like a house on fire, didn't we? That was the season sort of we, you know, we were playing some fantastic football and whatnot. So I was willing because, I'm the, you know, I was, it was a new role for him. He's learning it. It's a number six role in a clock team is, um, is, is, in my opinion, one of the most important and 
one role where you need to be at sort of the brains of the team, the cleverest, you know. And I was willing to give Hendo time to learn that role. And he did well. But in my opinion, I think his injuries are the biggest reason for him not being able to sort of progress. I think he's regressed really, really badly. Um, his his mobility is... I don't, when we see him get run, you know, uh, players running past him, I don't remember Hendo ever being in that kind of position. He was always kind of sort of, he would make a niggly foul or something or harass players. He struggles to do that now, big time. I really, really don't think he has a future as um, a box-to-box. I know, Matt, you said you, like, you don't like him in this six, but you prefer him in a, in a sort of more attacking midfield role. I get what you mean, but I don't think he can do that either especially with Keita and sort of, you know, Goretzka likely to be coming in as well. Those positions, and then you've got Gini and Lalana in reserve for that box-to-box role. You know, as a six, you're right. At the moment, there is no alternative, but that's a sad state. I, I, you know, I, I think the guys really, really regress badly, and I, I just don't see, a, you know, him getting any better, unfortunately, in that role. Okay, well, look, we'll move on because we've only about five or six minutes left. And... Lads, it's a month of Christmas. Um, people are talking about Christmas shopping and Black Friday and fucking all sorts. And I was just... My wife is literally starting a list and the length of it is unreal. But between the four of us, I suppose, Christmas comes around. We're not going to buy each other presents. We don't even fucking like each other. But if it came down to it and we weren't buying presents for each other, what would we buy? So Grizz, we'll start with Grizz. So Matt, if you're buying Grizz a present for Christmas, what are you buying him? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't celebrate, so uh... <laughs> yeah, but he he does celebrate. <laughs> oh, right, mate. Okay, your present. Well, we've all seen <laughs> Grizz's feeble attempts at a diet. I think I've known Grizz about a year now, and I think he's been on about seventeen diets. And every week, I get a different text. This message. one's real piece of shit. Okay, I get, I, get, I get different text messages, Kevin. Have you heard of this diet? <laughs> it would be something like, uh, <laughs> you you got to fill yourself up with as much chicken as you can and <laughs> shit like that. So anyway. The KFC uh, diet, is it? <laughs> so just, I, I don't think he's very good at diet at the end of the day. So, because he's very self-conscious at the moment, I can tell. His wife's obviously had the word in his ear that he's put on a bit of a belly lately. Because all he goes on about is how he used to be yeah, nice trim lad and he, he sent me videos of him boxing about two years ago when he still I honest, wasn't boxed he's, yeah, he's slapping sorry slapping barks and to be honest with you he, he was fat then I, I don't know why I didn't see it but um, <laughs> he, he's not going to get anywhere of this diet so for Christmas I would get him a really really fat friend because then all the attention's taken off him and people go fucking hell your mate's fat isn't it and you look a little bit <laughs> slimmer so you don't actually have to do any hard work you look slimmer and you, you'll actually have a mate as well so a fat friend just to walk uh, around with you oh uh, so yeah such a caring it's untrue it's a, i love matt this is this, um, that's one of the reasons why i love uh, matt I'm, I'm good for you uh, mate if i was if i was um getting grew something for christmas it would be um the pro version of photoshop because while he's doing a decent job with these gym photos and mm-hmm. pictures on bridges in tracksuits and, and runners and stuff like that, um, he needs to touch up on the Photoshop and a little bit to make it more believable. Um, he even brought <laughs> characters into the situation and all this week, but I'm not even going into that. Um, so, yeah, the pro version of Photoshop is what I get, Grizz. Um, See, the thing is, 
I, I, mine's quite simple. No, because I've been thinking about this, and I was actually going to send yourself? you a present. No, no, for you guys. I was actually going to send no, no, you a no, no, present. No, 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 hold on. But you can fuck what? yourselves now, right, after, okay. your, after, after uh, your suggestions for me. Because I was being nice, prick. Because I actually, what, getting me a fat friend? <laughs> yeah, That's so you don't nice. look as You shithead. I was actually going to send you something out, right? But you can <laughs> shut, you, can uh. sh- you know, I actually got the missus shopping for you guys. and Because like, for Matt, because for Gav, it's easy. And Gav's yeah. nice and cheap and cheerful because I for Gav I'd get trainers because I can get them in yeah. kids sizes and they're cheapest cheapest kids <laughs> sizes aren't they? All right, so it's not a problem. Gav, anything. They surely don't have laces though, don't they? <laughs> anything for Gav, size six. You know, this is telling me size six. Size six are half price near enough, like compared to adult prices shoes. So I was gonna yeah. just get Gav nice pair of shoes. All right, walking shoes. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's okay. not busy. Matt, I was actually gonna get you like a proper nice. Because like I know you're at you're not in uh, UK at the moment, and so you know, I know you don't trust the barbers out there because I can see from the state of your hair, right, that you definitely haven't been to one for like at least the, sixteen Jeremy. months. I'm going for the most yeah, run, Jeremy. Because at the moment, guys, if anybody knows their porn, and I know a lot of them, a lot, 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 lot of you do, right? Ian was telling us about this character because Ian watches a lot of porn, and so he knows about this Ron Jeremy, and he showed us a picture of Ron Jeremy now. <laughs> I'm going to post a picture on Twitter, right? And if Matt grew his moustache for Movember for just a little bit more, he's a spinning image from Ron Jeremy at the moment. But I was actually going to send you a nice, proper, expensive pair of clippers so, like, so, so you can get your hair fucking shaved now and again. You know what I mean? Because look at the state of you. Ian. He, does, he looks fucking homeless. At he does. He looks homeless. <laughs> now, I know he's had a rough weekend. Uh, you know, but He has it every yeah. weekend is rough and it's fucking all brought on himself, like. Do you know what? Because he sits against this wall, right, behind yeah. himself, right? And where I know his afro is getting bigger and bigger, you, I, I, I check the distance between the wall and his hair, and it's <laughs> decreasing. <laughs> Every week it's dis- decreasing. I can't see no wall behind him at the moment. It's like just his afro. I know you love Mo Salah. Yeah. Hell, look what he's just done there. So he's grown a bit of a Mo Salah, so I was going to get him a bit of a, um, a grooming kit, so to speak. And your, yours, oh. Gav, you know, a lovely well, pair of size yeah. sixes. I'll yeah, get, yeah, no. Gav, Gav's is the easiest out of everyone. I'd get him one. Uh, do you remember when you were a kid? You had them uh, little plastic periscopes, and they were like blue and yellow and red. And uh, so, <laughs> so when he's talking to everyone, he can look them in the eyes. I'd like two, two little two little mirrors in them, so he could he could vel- velcro well sellotape them around his head and just walk around talking to people in the eyes just for a, just for a day. Just but this is what it's like to be. A, a, Normal height. Normal height. <laughs> yeah, like, not, not three foot. <laughs> oh, bless. Right, so, um, look, Ian's not here, but we go with him. What what are we getting Ian for Christmas, Matt? You're going out shopping for Ian. What are you getting him? Well, first thing, obviously, is real Alexandra Burke tickets. So, I'll get yeah. him that. Because he, he absolutely... Make up once. <laughs> he absolutely loved that concert last night, honestly. He had he, the night of his life. The amount of WhatsApps we got, honestly... Ah, oh, he was he was absolutely buzzing, and she she wasn't even a good looky like she was white and blonde. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. terrible. So I'd get him some real tickets, and then I'll get little Brian, his dog. I'll get him some earmuffs because for the next week he's just going to be belting out hallelujah around the house. That was her number one. That's a great yeah. shout. Yeah, yeah, great shout. Get some uh, 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 stuff for uh, Brian's ears because you're right. I wouldn't get Ian anything to be honest with you. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna beat around the bush. He's a bit of a prick. Um, to be fair. Yeah, he's a bit of a prick, and um, for him not to sort of 
jump did, on the show today. He didn't even you know, turn I'm a bit off. disappointed. And he didn't even turn up today. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to give Ian um, a miss this season. Like, what, Christmas. Type of, what type of prick doesn't turn off for a fucking pod? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just because no. Alexander, yeah. but, you know, I would actually buy him. Actually, he has been sent. I, I don't know if you know Matt and Gav. He's, he's become a very big fan of, um, do you know that Big Shack? Yeah. Big what? <laughs> I know the guy. That, yeah, I don't know what you call him, a grime artist, a rap artist, or whatever, that new sensation. Skiddy pop pop. Yeah, that one, yeah, that one. Right, who sings Man's Not Hot. <laughs> so I think so I think I think Ian's become a very, very big fan of him, so I think I'd get him tickets to sort of one of his gigs. He'd love that. Yeah, people don't know I, that, but Ian's a big, big fan of Big Shack. I don't know what I'd get Ian. Um I really don't. Like uh, Matt and Grizz, you can See, you're thinking anything. the usual, but he's got all those blow up dolls and all that stuff. He's got all that. That's that's like you know, he's got thousands of those type of things in his cellar. So I don't know where to go next for him. Do you know what I mean, Gab? Yeah, he's hard. it's hard. Like when I look at Matt's weekends, um, I don't know a fucking a pump out probably fucking on a Saturday just to pump his body fucking of everything he's put into it. Um, <laughs> probably getting that for Christmas, clonic irrigation or something, just something like that. <laughs> uh, sorting out for the new year. Uh, Ian, I don't know. The only thing about Ian is when he's on WhatsApp and he decides to send you a voice message, nine times out of ten he drops the phone. So probably just oh, a standard, yeah, uh, probably a standard pair of um, rubber gloves just for that extra bit of grip. Because if I hear the fucking words, oh, sorry about that, I dropped the phone. He literally done it five times trying to do one message one day. See, so the thing rubber... is, uh, he does that. You're absolutely spot on that vibrator. We, we often think he's using a vibrator. Yeah, so it, <laughs> yeah he does, it gives yeah. it that sound, doesn't it? So, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, a, a pair of rubber gloves for Ian. Um, they're multifunctional and he can send voice messages, and that won't be an issue. Right, that's Christmas sorted. Um, I just hope none of my fucking presents torn up. Being honest with you, um, <laughs> lads, that's been episode thirteen. Liverpool move on to Stoke on Wednesday night, I think it is, and let's just hope for a win. You know, get another another three points on the board. We've been doing well the last couple of weeks. Bit unlucky yesterday. Um, we're winning the next five. We're winning all the yeah, games winning... until we get to Arsenal. Yeah. Fuck. Okay, cool. I'll go with that. Um, Grizz, thanks a million. Matt, thanks a million. I've been your host, Gav. Ian will be back next week with all the Alexandra book stories, pictures, at the whole fucking the whole walks. That's been episode thirteen. We'll talk to you next week, lads. Over now. into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type two collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. 
All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.